see Aaron's been listening to the Justin Bieber album. Aaron's listening to Justin Bieber. Love Yourself song isn't that bad. It's my brother, pretty damn good. My brother is beaved out. Like he is in. He, that's all he listens to is that fucking album. He's like, dude, have you heard the Justin Bieber album? I was like, no. He's like, you have to. You need. You need to check it out. I'm like, I don't. I don't know about that, man. <laughs> well, you know me, Corey. If if there's there's a difference between good and bad pop. Dirty Justin, pop. Justin Bieber is good pop. pop. And he's really popular in the black community for some reason. Like he could do no wrong, so I feel obligated to like him. That's because Usher. Accident. Shadow. Exit out of the fucking thing because I clicked on something. Oh, Remember that NSYNC song, Dirty Pop? Yeah. Don't you try to realize the shit we're doing now? Was that one? Yeah, where they're dancing around that kaleidoscope in that carnival or whatever. What is this? What are we doing? Where's this one? Like, and we do a song for you. Oh, that's the same album that had Digital, Digital, Get Down, Just You and Me. Could be 100,000 miles away, but I can see you. Baby, baby, see me. Whoa, that wasn't a single, so you guys listen to the album. I have a little sister, Marcello. <laughs> I don't I recall that song at all. It was not It was not on the radio. That so. was a bonus track. The reason why... Was, we used to say that shit to everybody because we all had fucking internet girlfriends. Yeah, at the time. I was dating Susan. And- Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, episode number 56. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. Host number three, Corey. And you know, uh, we've, done a, we've done a pretty good job of being together for the roundtables in the past, I don't know, 10, 15 episodes? I don't know. Yeah, man. We're keeping it together. We're, uh, just like I said last time, Beetleborgs for VR Troopers. Yeah. Our, our guest list is pretty consistent. We're doing pretty good. I like how we're getting compliments now. Like, oh, I took a look. I took a look at your guest list. Looks like I'm in good company. It's like, damn right you are. Yeah, I mean, they're not listening to the roundtable and deciding, oh, I want to be a part of the show. I think they just they want to be in good company. Yeah. Well, do we have to pay the bills, or do we get to do whatever we want? Oh, we have to pay the bills. Okay, it's America. Uh, we're brought to you by uh, EscrowMyBits.com. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Escrow My Bits. if this Bring is your first down. time listening. They offer Bitcoin escrow on a chain peg to a fiat value using new bits. So there's no complex math at the point of sale. It's fast. It's super easy. It only takes three goddamn steps. So register, deposit your Bitcoin. Seller will ship the item. You check the goods, and then they release the funds. So uh, we like Escrow My Bits because they were created to solve all the problems wrong with the type of escrow services currently around. Their goal is to make using escrow as simple as possible, and we want there to be no longer any excuses on why not to use escrow. So start the process. Go to that website, escrowmybits.com. It's very attractive. Sign up for the newsletter. Stay up to date, all that good stuff. (laughs) 
Uh, also, uh, we if you're an Android user, we are on Google Play. Uh, after 40 months, they've abandoned the podcast category, but they've brought it back. And the only Bitcoin podcasts on there are us and Trace Mayers. So um, another way for you to listen to us. Check that they out. They brought it back for us mm-hmm. and Trace Mayer. They heard mm-hmm. that interview and they're like, we got to bring your podcast place back because they're, they're killing it. They're killing the game. Yep. Spotify is bringing back podcasts. We're worming our way in there as we speak, so we'll be on there too. We're we're syndicated around the globe. All right. So yeah. if you want to listen to us, you can. If you don't want to listen to us, um, have one of your friends like make you listen to us because we're very <laughs> listenable. Um, you know one thing we don't do that I notice though. Is we don't do the whole, oh, this is why you're listening to this podcast, and this is who we are, and da-da-da-da. Should we do that, like, maybe once in the future? Like, example, what do you mean? Oh, well, uh, the Bitcoin podcast is a podcast where we talk about Bitcoin, <laughs> obviously. Um, <laughs> you know, like, stuff like that. And uh, my name is Dimitric, and I'm an educator who's fallen in love with Bitcoin. Like, real uh, NPR voices. As we discuss what we do I mean, with we our can, podcast, we can try and bring up what we do and who we are a little bit, like maybe every ten to fifteen episodes or something. But it's it's kind yeah. of a crapshoot. I feel feel people listen to us and then they get a feel for who we are and they learn more about us over time. And if they want to know more, they can just go to our website. Yeah. Uh, I like to think that uh, I'm talking to uh, dedicated listeners and not first time listeners. Awesome. If, if you are a first timer. Stick in there. You'll like us. <laughs> yeah. If you're just if you're holding on to us, then I mean, yeah. Welcome back. We love you. Welcome back. Let's uh, talk about is it Deloitte using Facebook to build warranties on the blockchain by offering yes. uh, by offering the services through an existing channel. They're taking away a huge hurdle in engaging new users. So that is pretty important. Yes, I saw Who's that Deloitte? last night. Go ahead. Who's Deloitte? Deloitte, dude, our buddy, uh, our old old buddy James worked for Deloitte coming out of college. Remember their huge uh, accounting, financial, they do everything in finance from warranties to loans to accounting to. They'll audit you too. They'll audit you. Deloitte is a. They're a huge financial company, corporation. I don't know what the correct word for that is, but they work with money and they do it a lot. Huge. You guys keep talking. I'm going to actually look up what they do. All right, cool. Well, um,. I guess part of that part of that article was something that's I guess a trend happening nowadays, which I think was only inevitable, is this idea of um, application or app fatigue, where people are just tired of downloading new apps because you know in order to do one new thing, they have to download a new app to do it. Whereas now, I guess this is becoming a thing where like I don't want to download another app. I'm not going to do that. Screw it. I'm, I just won't use the service. And what they did was use the Facebook Messenger app and the API associated with it to allow people to register warranties into the blockchain um, without having to download a new app. They just Mm -hmm. scan, uh, I guess, a warranty that has a pre QR QR code, and then that registers their products under the blockchain, which are then searchable. And so, like, app, you know, this allows for what I found most useful about this was that one of the applications that it allows p- 
products and services to send updates to applications without having a or sort of like to you know whatever product you have without having to have a dedicated app on your phone to update whatever product or service you have. So you don't need to download a bunch of shitload of apps to update all your things or keep everything updated. It just does it automatically through the blockchain. So what's app fatigue? Anything like more than five apps, six apps? It says something like two to three. I don't know. Whoa. I think that's stupid. I, I, think I don't get tired. Like five to ten. I have 145 apps in my cloud. Well, no fatigue. We're goddamn ridiculous for having that <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I realistically use about 10, 10 apps on my phone normally <laughs> on a regular basis. You just I have misused. a bunch, but I don't ever use them. They're just there because I wanted to test them out, see how they work. So what are you doing them. with all that misallocated computational power? All that misallocated RAM? On my phone? It's covered up with media. Dude, see, I got to get an app for everything. If there's a better way to drink coffee and there's an app for that, I'm getting it. If there's an app that shows me how to use my Kindle better, I'm in there. Yeah, you're also the same guy that will watch a movie and and tell everyone about it and that they need to watch it if the line's best ever anything or in yeah. the, the advertisement. You're, yeah. you're like the number one demographic for every single advertiser in the world. Yep. That's me. That's <laughs> Immediately me. sold. Immediately <laughs> sold. If your movie trailer says best blank ever with an exclamation point um, from that genre enthusiast.com, I'm going to it. I'm going to check and, it out. And tell everybody about it. You guys have to watch this shit. Well, I just got to make it's sure it's so good, good or not. Because <laughs> they're saying so it's good. the best ever. Mm. Spoiler alert, the next Transformers movie will not be the best ever anything. But what you if they that. say it is? They will. Michael Bay's best since... Transformers One. That'll be the tagline. And see, that'll be good. At, that'll be pretty at that good. point, I gotta go. I gotta see if Shia LaBeouf is gonna make a cameo. I gotta see it. But anyways, um, yeah, this is Deloitte news. It's big news because the favorite two words for a long-term Bitcoiner to use in a sentence are "use case." If I feel like two, of, those are two of the favorite words. And the more use cases something has. Uh, the more valuable it then becomes, and the more awesome it becomes. So, um, but less and less people are using Facebook. Uh, I hear that less and less teenagers are using Facebook, and isn't that the generation that we need to be focusing on? To but All, well, it, there's it's a, it's a messaging service, and what happened was, I mean, if I go back to this link you put, which Facebook, I can't find anywhere. Facebook and Facebook Messenger are two separate entities. More and more people are using Facebook Messenger every day. I, you can't. Can you use Messenger without having? I do Facebook? every day. I did every day when we were. Account. Yeah, just but go to messenger. dot com. The API could be expanded into other messaging services like WhatsApp, which is you know growing a significant amount of popularity, especially mm-hmm. since they did the end-to-end encryption. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. I think that the API can be can be moved to anything outside of Facebook Messenger. Yep. Facebook Messenger is just it's just like the SDK for Airbits. You don't have to use that to create apps to to send it, you know to work with Airbits. You can use it for any type of data encryption. Oh, so you can use custom like Messenger bots. It doesn't have to be Yeah. yeah. And it's, nothing that's to do what with it Facebook is. Messenger is just that's who created it. It is a bot. Deloitte built a bot. See um well, why would why would Facebook allow you to to use your API? I mean, that seems like proprietary technology. Um, Facebook's trying to take over the internet. 
keep trying to tell you guys this. Facebook is taking over the internet. You know, I'll read you an excerpt from this this uh, CoinDesk article talking about it. it starts with uh, the MVP, minimum viable product, is currently a white labeled offering, which means it doesn't include Deloitte's branding and could theoretically be employed by third party companies once it's ready for use. As for the Facebook Messenger interface, so how it works is going through the Facebook Messenger API. That feature is interchangeable, enabling use with WhatsApp or banking and industry and insurance applications in the future should the company continue to iterate the idea. So um, what that means is that this is just a minimal viable product. It's the, it's the way they could get something working really quickly. And the way that it interfaces with Facebook Messenger is just a placeholder. It works. And so they can change that out really quickly into whatever you want to do. It's just a messenger API, which a lot of people have. Yep. You can create it with, and it with, you can create the exact same thing with the Airbus SDK, and it's already 10,000 times better. Yep. And so basically, um, and, and another thing, it's a bot is what they've offered. It's essentially a bot, and it's a smart bot. And Facebook, I think they said this at their developers conference a couple of weeks ago, that they have this new bot bot thing that they've introduced to the world, a bot API, where different companies and businesses now have these smart bots that run on the messenger API that will do things automated in an automated fashion. And this is Deloitte's one. CNN has one. But here's a pro tip to the listeners out there. Don't fucking send CNN a message because that damn bot will send you news all day and it's annoying. And most of it's Donald Trump stuff. So, yeah, it's just a new bot system, and this is Deloitte's, except for they're using, and it says specifically in there, for everybody to feel joyous about, everything is recorded to the Bitcoin blockchain. So, And this is something that's really important. You said, talked about this being uh, like a, a thing about use cases, is that here's a use case for Bitcoin that is something we've talked about that isn't money. Yep. We're embedding important information that can't be tampered with into the blockchain, which can then be traded. This information can be traded. So you can move your warranty to someone else via this, this mechanism, which is something that's really, really great. Yep. And the, it's pretty cool. I like how I like the example they gave where warranties can now switch owners without a bunch of paperwork and huge paper trail. It just goes from one point in the blockchain to another point in the blockchain, and somebody else now owns that warranty. Point blank, period. No paperwork needed. And what is a warranty? If you generalize what a warranty is, it's, um, it's a promise from a company to provide a certain amount of services for a product you, you bought. Yep. Right? So, insurance, uh, you know, any type of hard product you have that needs repair, all that stuff has warranties. I mean, any type of like service offered from some organization can be kind of considered a warranty if you bought a product and expect some type of service after you bought the product. Yep. So now I can see a future where a salesman offer things like, Hey, here at, uh, Johnson and, uh, Buford's sales, we sell only on chain warranties. And then the customer says, on-chain warranty, what is that? And then they say, let me tell you a little something about blockchain. Not the blockchain, because I'm a noob and I'm just a salesman. But let me tell you something about blockchain. And then, boom, all of a sudden, you've got paradigm shifts, ladies and gentlemen. And let me drop this fucking mic. 
Jesus Lord. That was not a mic. That was a fork. Oh. Anywho, what's next on the docket? Uh, How about Roger Ver, who tried to intentionally spend unconfirmed Bitcoins from a zero-fee transaction? It failed, and then he blamed the failure on the technology. I think it was like 25 grand or something. Did you guys see that? I didn't see that, but why do people do dumb shit like that? He sent a large transaction with zero fee, and it failed, and he was upset about it? Yeah, and then he tried to blame the technology. You know, given that Bitcoin transactions are public and then like this would be discovered under a slight bit of scrutiny, doesn't it make more sense to give the benefit of the doubt here and it was simply a mistake instead of like tweeting it out, blaming technology? I mean, yeah. even experienced users can make mistakes. Listen, Roger Bear. Well, how he does it. If he's saying, hey, uh, this was an accident and the app that I use shouldn't have done a zero fee, this needs to be fixed, then yeah. If he says... Oh shit! Our blocks are full. We gotta fix it because I sent a transaction that doesn't have any fee and it didn't get processed. Well, no shit. Yeah. yeah. Listen, go to, go, to his, go to his Twitter and pull it up if you guys. Uh, I mean, he took a screenshot of like the bank account and everything. Mister Ver, I he respect has, he you. He has a certain amount of, of clout, and so when he says things, they carry a lot of weight or more weight than you would expect. Yeah. And you know, it's like. The dreaded. He can express his opinions and people follow it and, and then discuss it on podcasts like ours. It's the dreaded. Uh, he is the person who he is. So he needs to kind of. It's the dreaded human aspect of Bitcoin. But uh, I respect you, Roger Ver. But if you're on Baltic Avenue, you can't buy Park Place. Just follow the damn rules of the game. Send your transaction with a fee next time. It's that easy. Maybe he's just naive enough about the issue and he just blames every problem on a simple scapegoat. He's He's not naive about this type of stuff. He follows this stuff with, you know, a lot. He did it for a purpose. And he also wrote a long blog about it, which I'm not going to read right now. So, (laughs) I would say despite paying the fee, it says he paid a fee. Was it like 0.5 cents or something? That's a pretty good fee. It's a pretty good fee in Bitcoin land. I think the he was just flexing because he's like, "Hey, I just spent twenty five grand on something." Flexing, yo, dude. Bitcoin flexing. I was gonna rhyme, but I can't. I'm not that good. He's 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 harkening back to a day when there there you know you could do this and you can't do it anymore, and it seems like he's upset about it. Well, okay, but you all you knew you couldn't do this before. Mm-hmm. So what's the what's the point? Like, what's the point of doing this? Is that oh, it used to be this way? Well, you know, a lot of things used to be a certain way, and they're not anymore. Isn't it, it, isn't he making like a case for bigger block size or something? Of course, yeah, he wants bigger block size, and this is a and this most people think that yeah, if there was a bigger block size, it would be this way, and there will be a bigger block size hopefully in the future. It's or, like at he's, least, or at least this use case will come back once we have the technology to implement it. And it should should have already been implemented, but it's not. To mm-hmm. me, it's like uh, it's like he's traveling on the highway that's under construction, and he's upset that he's in traffic. The highway's not finished, bro. Chill. That's like crying over spilled milk. Yeah. You don't cry over spilled milk. You clean that shit up before it gets stinky. We learned about that when we were kids. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, that's our take on the Roger Ver situation. Yeah, Clean that's up. our take on it. Apparently, it's not like he also talks about how he hates the self-proclaimed Bitcoin Jesus. I don't like the name. I didn't choose it for myself. I wish people didn't call me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when people call you Jesus, you can't really just say, stop calling me Jesus. Like, at that point. Oh, oh, oh bro. No, I'm not Jesus. Stop calling me Jesus, man. Whatever, Jesus. Yeah. Like, whoa. You can't That's exactly keep something Jesus. Jesus would say. In fact, I wish I'm gonna go on Open Bazaar and see if I can buy some sandals and send them his way. <laughs> I think Bitcoin Christ has a better ring to it, anyway. Bitcoin Christ sounds almost too holy. How about, too how about we, you know, buy a website called like BitChrist, and you can make donations to any church using Bitcoin? I don't want to support that. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Real. I don't want to support that. That's not happening. That's oh, our new God. segment, shooting down ideas with Corey. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's a great idea. I'm just I don't like organized religion, so I don't want to I don't want to follow it. Here's an idea you can get behind Corey. Alligator pants. Think about it. Have you ever seen alligator boots? Can you call them now and gators? You sure can. Well, didn't that's, Kanye have leather jogging pants and then no one bought that? Yeah, that's because of shit. If you use leather jogging pants, I think your testicles would evaporate. Yeah. 100% sure. As soon as you put those on, you immediately take them off. Start sweating down your leg. Like, are you peeing yourself? No, that that's just sweat. Seem like a fun experience in putting the pants on. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, Kanye, you crazy. Kanye, easy. So, Corey, why are, we had uh, Plutus on uh, last year, and since then you've, you've been wanting them to come back on. You've, you've, I think out of the three of us, you've been the most excited about what they're capable of and what they're doing. And um, now that we got them, I want to know why you were uh, pulling for them to, to get on again. Why do I care? Yeah, I mean, um, it, it's important for users to distinguish that Plutus is not just another payment app. And I think a lot of people think that's what it is. But I think you see that's the full vision. Well, what's going on is they're one of the first, if not the first companies that's enabling I mean, like a – well, they're not, one of, they're not the first. We have Circle and stuff who have enabled like the Bitcoin debit cards, things like that, where you can use the, tra- the, the traditional transaction network. So you can use your Bitcoin wherever you want. Um, but they're doing they're doing it in a very different way, um, and I really support this. They're they're one of the first applications that's bridging the gap between the different cryptocurrencies. So they're using different crypto. They're using the Ethereum network for what it's good for, and creating a decentralized exchange, which enables Bitcoin users to pay any merchant whatever they want using your own Bitcoin. So. Like mm-hmm. The merchant doesn't care. And that's part of the big adoption problem is that, I guess, the chicken or the egg is merchants don't want to accept Bitcoin because no one's using it. And no one wants to use their Bitcoin because there's no merchants. And if you take one of those out of the circle, if merchants don't even know that they're accepting Bitcoin, then you've just you've solved that problem. And that's exactly what Plutus is doing in a way that's that's new and refreshing, which is using the Ethereum network to create incentives in a decentralized exchange. And this is a huge app, like use case. We keep talking about use cases for Bitcoin and Ethereum. So it's, it's allowing the environment to grow and not just this us versus them mentality that a lot of the cryptocurrencies have. 
and and I and I really support the way they're doing it. Mm-hmm. In one of our recent talks, uh, recent conversations with a guest, he did mention that humanity found other uses for gold before it was like, oh shit, this can actually be pretty good money, y'all. Maybe the same thing is going to reoccur with Bitcoin. I mean, you've talked about it a lot, Corey. We've talked about it a lot. A lot of our guests have talked about Bitcoin's going to be a very wide umbrella of use cases before humanity is comfortable with making the very obvious connection like, oh, yeah, this shit's money, too. Like, we could use it there. So, I don't know. Maybe history will repeat itself. But while we were it's talking about great, Plutus. This is also great for countries like mine and, and countries where your, your currency is failing is that it allows you to use your currency, use your Bitcoin. You can keep all your value in Bitcoin and then use it wherever you want as long as that person has an NFC terminal, which is almost everyone. And so tapping into this, this traditional infrastructure of payment processing, which is the debit card network, like the debit card infrastructure allows you to expand where you can use and spend your Bitcoin drastically for a little effort. And so these type of steps are the ones that need to be taken first so that we can allow people so, you know, we, we try and on-ramp people into Bitcoin more and more and more. And they're like, well, what can I do with it? We're like, well, you can do this one thing. It takes about five steps and, you know, it saves you a little bit of money. Whereas oh. as we keep making, making more and more very, very useful applications where we can just say, oh, you can spend your money anywhere you want, however you want. Just, like, just you know, get some Bitcoin and spend it mm-hmm. wherever you want. They're like, oh, shit. Uh, that is convenient. Mm. So... While you're talking about that, an interesting thing happened with me on the internet. And I want to talk about that after the interview. Um, Yeah, so stay tuned, audience. Um, But let's get into that interview. We ready? I like this one. Introduce. This is Philip. Last name? Does he need a last name? Say his name. It's hard to say. But this is Philip from Plutus. Uh, the company bringing you the ability to spend your Bitcoin anywhere, everywhere NFC terminals are used. Martinka, I think. Martinka, and he is the CCO of Plutus. Philip and Martinka, CCO. Yup. Here is the interview. All right, so uh, last time we had you on the show, we spoke on how you discussed or rediscussed on how you got into Bitcoin in the first place. Now that Plutus is also building on the Ethereum network, can you talk a little bit how the Plutus team was introduced to Ethereum and why you chose to build there as well? Uh, right. So for, for those who don't know, I'm, I'm Philip Martinka, Central Communications Officer at Plutus. Um, I handle basically social media and all that. And to answer your question, uh, we, we turned to Ethereum for um, a very simple reason. Uh, other other platforms were usually handling all their trading using centralized exchanges or by making their own exchange. Uh, when they used a centralized exchange to to provide liquidity for their payment app, um, you have to add the fees of the exchange that they're using. And by running your own exchange, you create even more expenses on compliance, on regulation, on teams, on security. You have to worry about hacks. You have to worry about internal issues. Um, And the reason we used Ethereum is because it's possible to automate the business processes. It's possible to, in some ways, 
externalize part of the trading process onto Ethereum smart contracts, which makes it which makes it more peer to peer than if we were using a centralized exchange. Firstly, and second, it provides uh, an immutable uh, ledger of what has happened. So, so for example, when the disaster happened at Mount Gox, they didn't have if people had a visible ledger where they can see what is going on, they would be able to see the activity of that infamous trading bot, Willy, mm-hmm. which which mm-hmm. notably drove the price of Bitcoin up to a thousand by internal trading. And since since our platform is on is on uh, Ethereum, uh, it's it, the, the the trades the the not the details of the trade, so not not the names of people, but the trades themselves. It will all be visible on uh, the blockchain so people will know that what is what we say is going on is is actually what is going on okay uh, one of the things like that makes me excited about uh, the plutus it and is that it will be one of the first large dApps to come online that provides a use case specifically for bitcoin but relies on and is built upon the ethereum network it's it's the perfect example of using platforms for what they're good for and not falling into the us versus them mentality that a lot of people are guilty of right now in the in the cryptocurrency space. Uh, I, we, we try and push this type of idea where you want to use the tools that are available for what they're available for and not one thing is going to be the cryptocurrency that rules everything and does everything. And Plutus is one of the first examples that's doing that and, and providing a real use case for Bitcoin, which that is, is incredibly necessary, and but using the tools that are available to do so. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, actually, if, if I could expand on the previous answer uh, Go ahead. a bit, it's because we have we are using Ethereum for another reason. Uh, we have created the, the a token called Pluton, which is essentially similar to cashback my, uh, to cashback points or air miles, which means that you you earn them you earn them for shopping using Plutus. You earn Plutons, and these can be used to pay just in the same way as Bitcoin. So you can you can put Plutons on your Plutus Plutus app and use them to pay, uh, just as you would with BTC, mm-hmm. with the added advantage that you do not have to pay conversion fees. So it's the tra- the conversion the transaction all of that is completely free. And the transfer, the transfers are much closer to instant than the ten-minute Bitcoin transfers. I see. So as you continue to use the app, you'll accumulate plutons, and then you can either exactly. use these plutons the same way you would use your Bitcoin, or you could maybe send these plutons to a different user on the platform. Um, you will have the choice. You can um, you can donate it to charity automatically if you want, or send it to another user, or just keep them. Okay. And uh, we will be having a, a sale relatively soon of Plutons where users will be able to pre-purchase uh, a supply so that they can go shopping without without paying any conversion fees. Okay, great. And this is this is a way, the, the pre-sale is a way to raise money for the platform so that you can continue developing? For, for pretty, much, pretty much only for development with um, a few percent going to compliance and marketing, but it's 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 80 it's something like 80 percent development it's it's um, or 85. okay i've actually been spending quite a bit of time um on your your public slack channel and um which has come become quite popular over the past i don't know two weeks since you opened it 
and a lot of people coming on are asking about details about this 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 crowd sale. Do you have any um, specifics or details you can give us uh, right now? Um, I absolutely do um, have some details that I could give you right now. For example, that we will actually be posting uh, a blog post very very soon about the about the crowd sale itself. It's it's being finalized right now, so I um, I can't really say too much. But uh, I can't say there will be a supply of 20 million plutons, and there will be uh, no no more issuance after that. So it will be fixed at 20 20 million, and only a very very small part will be sold, and the rest will be distributed through the rebate program. Basically, it will be uh, small percentages will be given to users for continued usage of the, of the app. So as they as they as they keep using Plutus, they will get the remaining supply but only a very very small amount will be sold okay and if they're if they're currently being I guess traded in an open market and as you give rebates is the amount of pluton you give out going to be dependent upon the current market price of a pluton um yes and it's also going to be dependent on on this the the basically the size of the network and the amount of users so it's going to it's going to scale uh, and adjust based on based on the prices you said, and based on the size of the network, based on usage, and based on other factors. Okay, okay, that makes sense. It's just it's, it's like a lot of people are really curious about the market of the plutons and whether or not it behooves them to come into the crowd sale and and, and then try and yeah. you know. Sell one them one thing I've noticed or... is a lot of people a lot of people are far too concerned about uh, so. the, the, the the market of plutons. They're far too concerned about that. What they don't realize is that these are these are essentially it's it's plutons aren't you're, they're not meant to be a multi-purpose currency like bitcoin they're not here to change the world they're not here to like cure cancer they're it's like an it's like air miles to reward users for using plutus as well as be able to to pay without fees and do it immediately it's just it's a it's a token of convenience it's it's far more convenient than using bitcoin uh but but it's it's we're not we're not here to replace bitcoin that's that yeah, because definitely. we've had some criticism on that. Why are you making plutons? Is this gonna? Is this another altcoin? And we can safely say no, it's not. It's it's more. It's much more closer to air miles, where by buying stuff with your credit card, you get air miles and you can fly for free. And it's much more convenient. And you can also upgrade yourself to first class. And that's that's basically what we're offering here with plutons. Is you you essentially upgrade yourself to first class and have no conversion fees and much much faster uh, transfers. That's really what I guess people aren't quite grasping is that um, by using a tokenize like by, by tokenizing your platform, what you're doing is typically creating some type of incentivization scheme for your platform. So the more people that use Plutus end up earning more plutons, which then they can use in a much more convenient way on your platform. Yeah, we we definitely want users to keep using the platform rather than use it once, say, oh, that's nice, and then go back back to do what what they were doing before. We want to offer a, a benefit that people can see and that people can see over time, so that they will they will rather uh, stay with Plutus than than go back to whatever they were doing before. Okay, can you can you take us through, I guess, the process of a user and how they take the Bitcoin that they currently have and move it to the Plutus app and then end up buying things with it? Absolutely. For for users, it it, it really couldn't be easier. Um, all you for, for small amounts. So if you if, so if you have a uh, so if you're not 
reaching KYC amounts. You're not reaching amounts where you where you like internationally have to register. For, for so if you're buying groceries or, or stuff like that, that's it's completely fine. You don't need to register any uh, KYC, as far as I know. And all you have to do is download the app, and it will display a Bitcoin address of a trader, of a trader on the network will be displayed on your screen. Um, and you send Bitcoins there, and this will charge your balance. And once you're after about ten minutes to an hour. Uh, your balance will be charged and you can go to any store and pay instantly. So all you have to do is you send Bitcoins to an address, you wait a little bit, and then you can go to the store, tap your screen and pay. Okay, so the conversion is made when you deposit the Bitcoin and not at the point of sale. Exactly, yeah. Okay, and then you just keep that like small amount of spending money on your Plutus app, which then you can use to pay for whatever you want. Absolutely. One question that my, my wife actually had when I was explaining this to her is, is there going to be a possibility of multiple accounts on a single um, application so that we could, like two people could maybe share a spending account or something like that? I'm not actually too sure about that. I'll have to, I'll have to inquire. But there should be no reason why you can't make multiple accounts or use multiple uh, wallets in one. For example, we're, you, can keep, you can keep multiple currencies in, in, in one account. For example, so that that will definitely that that would definitely not be a problem to to add if it isn't already a feature. Okay, so but, what, so this I guess the, a good a good kind of walkthrough would be like, hey, um, I'm traveling to Europe and I know that they spend euros there. Uh, I, why don't I add a few hundred dollars onto my uh, of, of euros onto my Plutus app from Bitcoin, so that as I'm walking around, I could just use that money. Yeah, absolutely. So okay. it's it's so you don't have to go to the exchange and don't have to expose yourself to exchange fees. Okay. So what about what happens in the case of uh, that 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 euro trip is over and I have maybe 15, 15 euros left in my account? What can I do with that if I'm no longer in a place that accepts euros? The thing is, if it's in Bitcoin, it will it will, you will have to keep it as the balance as a contactless balance. Okay. If if you have it in Bitcoin, and that's the advantage of having Plutus, if you if Plutons, if you have Plutons, you can just withdraw them and and put them back, and and it's completely fine. Uh, so you would you if you have Plutons, you would you would be in your Euro trip, and at the point of sale or immediately before the point of sale, you could use your Plutons to to pay. So instead of having to wait, and instead of locking your Bitcoins in, basically. Uh, with Plutons, you can pay and then uh, withdraw the remainder. Okay. And uh, what about countries? So I, I, I live in Brazil right now, and the Brazilian real is not currently on your list of uh, opening opening fiat currencies that you accept. What happens if I use the Plutus app here to someone who's accepting a real? Uh, it will be converted from the closest currency, so that would probably be the U.S. dollar. Mm -hmm. So, and there will be. Uh, an exchange fee that is that that your country is basically adding that the banks are adding there will be an exchange fee from USD to the real until until markets develop maybe people will start using in in Brazil or elsewhere to the point where we will have a, a large market on the on the on the exchange itself and then there will be no reason not to not to add that currency as well it's it's mostly a question of um, Demand and essentially supply and demand. 
Okay, because I can definitely see in a country like this uh, where an app like this would be monumental for the entire country because the the fiat is going down the drain and people really want to hold their value, which is almost impossible right now. So if they have a, a, a way to hold their value in something like Bitcoin, they can still spend their money wherever they want to, however they want to, but still maintain the amount of money that they're earning every month to month. Absolutely. In in South America, it's actually um, there are a lot of people who they they manage to earn twice the median salary by running a Bitcoin miner. It's 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 insane. That they're also able to hold that value, and then through Plutus enabling them to be able to use the money, use the Bitcoin they're earning, is is something that can change and and really really drive the adoption of, of Bitcoin, which is something that we we try and strive here on the show is that. People like applications like Plutus that are enabling users to spend their spend their money getting on the Bitcoin train and off the Bitcoin train uh, seamlessly is what we need. It's it's fascinating because um, I, I believe it was in Argentina or Venezuela, one of these one of these countries. I've I've read I've read a very interesting post where someone was buying small amounts of bitcoins with their very modest wages. And after about a year, they were, they would be considered the the rich person in their neighborhood. Like, oh, there goes that rich guy again. Just because, for the simple reason that they stored, that they stored their value in Bitcoin, which even though it's volatile, uh, was less volatile than their uh, currency in their country. Yeah, when you so talk I think about that's... volatility of a commodity, you really need to talk about it respective to to other things. And yeah. In places like this, where the volatility and hyperinflation is so bad, Bitcoin's volatility is nothing. Especially here, I've seen the value of my paycheck go to drop by about fifty percent just because of the inflation rate. Hmm. And having things like this has has made it a lot easier for me to to maintain my wealth and, and, and purchasing power of my paycheck. So, speaking of, I guess finances a little bit. Uh, a recent blog post, I believe, yesterday or two days ago, you discussed some great new strategic hires in the Plutus team. Would you mind talking a little bit about this, who they are, and why you brought them on? Absolutely. So this this is actually um, poss- possibly quite some of the largest news so far that we have had at Plutus, um, because it, it it marks another step in what it, what we see as a migration from traditional finance to blockchain. Uh, I'm sure you've seen news articles probably on Coindesk and and other sites where there's always someone from Visa or or MasterCard or PayPal moving towards a Bitcoin company. Oh yeah, and, definitely. And we are lucky enough to have exactly this going on. So we have two new members so far. So I'm not I'm not saying that's that's all we're going to have. It's thus far we have two new members. Um, Tobias Summer, who has a solid background in finance, uh, was an analyst at Morgan Stanley, spent five years investing in European buyouts for our capita, uh, was a vice president in various teams at Evercore, and he is now our COO, with responsible for fundraising and uh, operational commercial build-out of Plutus. Then we have Bertrand Desard, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Bertrand Desard was a senior business manager at Braintree, which is PayPal, and Visa. Wow. 
and his his function at Plutus will be to manage strategic partnerships within the traditional payments industry and oversee the compliance infrastructure of Plutus. So basically, we have um, people moving from from Visa and PayPal, Morgan Stanley to more Bitcoin based platform. And I think one of the reasons why Plutus is especially interesting to to this sector is that we don't have the attitude of we're going to destroy finance and Bitcoin's going to be the only thing left. We don't have we don't believe this is like a reasonable a reasonable statement because the 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 the, the financial systems that we have now have taken hundreds of years to develop and they've in, incredible complexity and in, incredible status quo and they've infrastructure there's billions of dollars infrastructure everywhere around the world there's ATMs there's uh, NFC points there's everything and we believe it's 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 much much better idea to to uh, cooperate because Bitcoin in the end is it's a it's a it's a ledger and a settlement layer it's it's the it's the lowest part of the layer it, on top of that there's there's lots of opportunity to build and especially cooperate with with uh, the existing infrastructure so why build why build everything from scratch if we can uh, in addition to using Bitcoin on its own independently also cooperate with with traditional finance yeah I, I guess I guess uh, speaking to that so you can imagine financial industries and the way we move money around um, has grown and built up and is the way it is and works the way it works because it was built upon a certain infrastructure, tech, technolo technological infrastructure. And what yeah. Bitcoin is doing is that we say, all right, well, how about you incorporate the use cases of Bitcoin, which will take away a lot of the headaches you may have with how you do things and you can do things better. Mm. And mm -hmm. you're not changing the financial industry. You're not changing the way they do things or why they're doing things. You're just making it a lot easier because you're taking a lot of the steps out of the process and this is why you're seeing a lot of these fintech um, executives come over and this is also another thing that I like to tell people when they when they say I don't really understand Bitcoin why would I ever use it uh, or like it why, why, why what makes you think it's going to succeed is that um, alright well let's take a look you may not understand it but let's take a look at what people who really understand money and how finance moves what are they doing and oh, they're all coming to Bitcoin, or at least trying to incorporate it into what they do things now. Yeah, and so if we the can smart ones are moving here. <laughs> yeah, if you can look at the experts on a certain on a certain category and look at what they're doing, you can probably get a bit a good idea of how people feel about the efficacy of a technology. And the smart people are using Bitcoin or blockchain or whatever you want to call it. And so it's probably something good. close. Uh, what uh, this is more of a like my personal opinion. This this doesn't really reflect Plutus, uh, but I think um, the ones that are moving to Bitcoin are the smart ones, and the ones moving blockchain to uh, banks are the greedy ones who want who want to make money by selling them an idea which already exists and telling them to make their own altcoins. Because what you see a lot nowadays is uh, programmers and entrepreneurs in the traditional finance saying, I hate Bitcoin, I'm going to destroy it, I'll make my own blockchain. And I think that that is going to not fizzle out, but uh, collapse very dramatically because they will realize that it doesn't offer as many advantages, if any, from 
what they thought would what they thought would happen. So basically, they're they're expecting they're expecting the advantages of Bitcoin and Ethereum, but they're expecting them from something that they make in house, which I think is extremely unrealistic. Yeah, it's definitely a a, a very naive way of trying to adopt the technology. And as time goes on, we'll see these people come around to, oh, this doesn't really work. I guess we actually have to use the things everyone else is using. And then they'll cooperate and join companies such as Plutus and uh, other others in the space, which which seem more which seem familiar to them. So so not these completely anarchistic uh, brand new ideas, which which are untested, but but things like payments, like. Plutus, Plutus works. Like we know, we know that it works. We've tried the app in the Apple Store. We've tried it on London Transport. We bought cake, and we ate the cake too. Uh, so they see they see that it works, and it works the same way as you would use a debit card. So I think um, it's it's familiar enough and new enough for to attract uh, people from the financial industry. That's that's the those are the key words here. It has to be. It still has to be relatable. It, it can't be completely uh, in the air blockchain theory. Well, what's something? What's also a nice part about Plutus, is, at least the way I, I interpret it, is that you are doing somewhat of a compromise because you are tapping into the the, the massive infrastructure that is NFC payments and the Visa network. Um, maybe not the Visa network, but the infrastructure of NFC payments that everyone has. Uh, you are not a quote unquote fully decentralized application. You have you have decentralized uh, smart contracts and a, a decentralized application that is the DEX, but you also have centralized servers and other things like that in order to deal with the compliance issues of using such an infrastructure. Of of debit of debit card infrastructure. By definition, the debit card infrastructure okay. is basically is centralized. Um, there's there's no way to do that right now, uh, and we 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 don't we don't we wouldn't really want it want the entire world to always stay this way. Like we are very future conscious, and if there if there are ways in the future to 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 decentralize that as well, we will definitely be looking into that. Um, but the debit card infrastructure sadly remains centralized. However, we do see a benefit of Plutus that. People might notice this. That people, that merchants might notice this. That, wow, I'm using something that's owned by someone else, and how can I change that? And then people may be attracted to to use Bitcoin more than uh, to go through these traditional payment processors. So merchants may say, "Oh, I accept Bitcoin normally. You can just send me the bitcoins instead of using this," because they notice they notice the same issue that you notice that part of that process is still it's still owned by uh, others. It's owned by a, a separate entity. It's centralized, and and that. But um, what is decentralized in Plutus is, is basically the way that people can buy their their uh, can 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 uh, charge their their contactless balances with Bitcoin. Okay. And what's uh, nice about I guess it, it this gives us a really good idea on where Bitcoin is uh, in in the world. Uh, Andreas Antonopoulos talks about this uh, this concept of a technological inversion and makes the analogy of um, cars using uh, the, 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 the muddy roads that horses used before before there were roads 
And as cars became more popular, they started creating more roads, which allows, which still allows the horses to get by just fine, but then the cars work. And slowly but surely, as the infrastructure was built, which we consider roads, then it allowed for a much more larger, broader use case, but still allowed all of the old ways to work just as better, just as good, if not better. And that's what we're seeing with Bitcoin is that right now we're at a point where we have to adapt to the old infrastructure and do things in somewhat of a slow way and compromise. But as the technology grows and the infrastructure grows, it'll allow for everything to work just the same, if not better, but we can generalize and make things much better or much faster. And so you're one of the first apps that's kind of embracing this and taking a few compromises so that you can use the entire giant infrastructure that we have, but although it's still somewhat ancient, but as time goes on, you'll innovate and adapt to the infrastructure that we can have in the future with cryptocurrencies. I mean, if you look at NFC, uh, it's, it's, it's right. It's almost doubling every single year still. Yeah. There's no reason why you shouldn't take advantage of that. Well, all right. Uh, I think that's pretty much all I have for questions. Is there anything you'd like to talk about or let our listeners know uh, how they can follow uh, yeah, up? I just us? wanted to I just wanted to emphasize that the reason that once you send bitcoins and the reason that you can't uh, retrieve them from the balance is because uh, the traders on the on the decentralized exchange um, put up a fiat uh, deposit. They put up deposit of dollars or euros, and then as soon as you send uh, the the transaction of bitcoins directly to them, so you don't send it through you don't send it through us. You send it to their Bitcoin address, and then the fiat deposit gets released into your balance. So so the so the reason that you cannot withdraw the bitcoins back is because you're sending them to a private address of a, of a tr of traders. And the trust issue with this is that this is all done through uh, Ethereum smart contracts, correct? Absolutely, and this and these will be published on the uh, Plutus GitHub, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of where you take the the de decentralized exchange idea, and that this is the Plutus Dex, which is is operated by the Ethereum network. Yeah, which kind of and there's there's not really a there's not really a single concern because uh, it starts with the traders putting up euros or dollars. They they put them in a they put them in an escrowed account. And in, an insured and escrowed bank account, it's 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 stored there, so you know that it's you know that the money is there. You, you have verifiable proof that the the dollars or euros are in the bank. And then once you send them the Bitcoin transaction, you have evidence on the Bitcoin blockchain that this transaction is completed. And then that money is simply released from escrow. So there's no there's no risk that the the trader on the other side will not uh, will not pay because they can't they can't join they can't register as a trader unless they put up the deposit first so it's essentially you can always rely on on getting your balance okay what in, what incentivizes the trader uh, how how are they making money absolutely zero fees no fees to use no fees to withdraw uh, a high speed api they can make they can make uh, applications with that uh, we will have a web interface a very very simple and very clean minimalistic i've seen some uh, designs, some preliminary designs, and it looks very, very legible. It's a very, it will be a very simple page, and you can open it on your phone, uh, on your computer. You can use the, the high-speed API, 
and you will never have to pay any transaction withdrawal or any sort of fees. So that that we hope will be enough to to motivate traders to use our platform. And are they setting the transaction rate? Um, they will they will be able to decide. Uh, so basically, they will be able to decide their pricing and everything, and it will be just like a regular exchange, okay. with the difference that uh, they will not have any fees. Okay, that's great. I look forward to seeing this. Uh, do you have a time frame on when the Plutus uh, app will become available? Soon. We, we, first, we have to we have to finish our uh, finish the sale, which is uh, coming up soon. And if you would like to know more, you can go to Plutus.it and uh, sign up to our newsletter. We will be informing everyone of the sale as soon as it launches, and some details on the sale very soon, possibly this week. Uh, about how exactly it will work, how many are available, how the price will be calculated. All of these details will be available. And once we have uh, once we have funding for development, the only things that we need to do is is finish up the prototype because we already have a we already have an alpha version of the Plutus app um, that works. We have we have as I said before, we went to the Apple Store, we paid there, we bought cake. We we paid for a lot of different things, the but it but it's not production ready. So it's it's a working it's a working prototype, but but we're not quite confident that it that it can be open to the public just yet. And this is what the development uh, sale is for to to finalize it to make sure everything is secure. And once once that's done, we're good to go. All right, great. And uh, I can also add that uh, you could once at Plutus IT you can get an invite to their public Slack channel. And um, I, as, a, as well as a few other guys on the Slack channel, have been kind of um, fielding general questions about uh, Plutus app. And then the, a, a, couple, a lot of the guys from Plutus will come on as well and, and give us the hard specifics. But if you're looking for answers that you can't seem to find elsewhere, uh, Slack channel is the best place to go to get to talk directly to uh, Plutus people. There's been a lot of activity there recently. There definitely yeah, has. It's quite grown. surprised. It's been fun to watch grow. All right. Well, our last question, which we talk, which we ask everyone, I think you've answered this before. I need you to know a shot at it. In 10 words or less, can you explain or can you describe Bitcoin? Pretty damn awesome. <laughs> that might be my favorite explanation so far. <laughs> All yeah, right. well, thank you for having me on. I've uh, really enjoyed it. And I think this uh, episode turned out a, a little bit better than the last one. And, uh, I hope to hear from you guys in the future as well. I will definitely be following you, and uh, I'm a big fan, so you can expect to hear from us. Uh, thanks, thanks again for your time. All right, thanks. And that was the interview with Mr. Philip Martinka, the CCO. Did I get that right? Yep, CCO. CCO of Plutus. Plutus.it, I believe, is the website. Whoa. I almost burped in the mic. Excuse me. Uh, Plutus IT is the website, and uh, what they're doing is making Bitcoin a little easier to spin for the Bitcoiner. A little um, bit, a lot of bit. Yeah, a lot of bit easier if you use an Android, because fuck Apple. Am I right? No, actually, real, I have an Apple, and I would love to be able to use this. But anyway, um, shout out to our boy Mark Snog the Hog for putting us on the Plutus many months ago. This is their second time on the show. And we like to keep tabs on the people that are doing big things in the community. 
Um, so that's why we have reoccurring guests and that's why we have people come on, um, to explain what they're up to. Uh, it provides them an avenue to be a little transparent and let you guys know what they do. So, you know, you're not using some bullshit. So. For sure. Um, so when it comes to Bitcoin, we at the show, we stress mass adoption. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that. Um, mass adoption is pretty much the end all be all kill shot. Everything else comes price for you investors, usability for you. I, my currency sucks because I live in Chikazabagazakistan and was that slightly? No, that was fine. Not offensive. I live in, (laughs) (laughs) I live somewhere where my money sucks because my government likes to ravage me. From behind with pineapples, green side first. Um, whatever the, your use case may be for Bitcoin, mass adoption is the one thing that's going to sweep through and make Bitcoin better on every avenue. So I myself signed up for this tutoring website. Shout out to Check Tutors because um, I am an educator, so I like to tutor. But this website, C H E G G, C H E G G, Chegg, like egg but with a C H in front. Um, and I belong to the secret group because I am registered and they've done the background check and they know who I am. But every week, this web service has a problem paying their tutors because they're using PayPal. And every week, there's a thread that opens up. The owner of Check says, hey, sorry, guys, if you didn't get paid, it's PayPal's fault. It's not mine. Or sorry, guys, if you got paid too much, it's PayPal's fault. If she ever told me that, I'm like, huh, sucks to be you, because I'm clearly not giving that back. Paid me too much. But either way, this happens every week. So for the past four weeks, I've been saying to them, uh, hey, use Bitcoin. It's easier. Bitwage, Coinbase, everyone here in the thread is in the States, so it shouldn't be an issue. Uh, Google these things. And for the past four weeks, it's been going down. Well, last yesterday, last day, yesterday, it finally came to a head. <laughs> Uh, where? Why are you sending me Soldier Boy? <laughs> finally came, finally came to a head where uh, I I mentioned it again and somebody finally responded to me. I said, "Hey, check tutors. You need to Google Bitwage, BitPay, and Coinbase. And here's my website if you need any help understanding all of this." And then somebody chimes in. He says, "God no." Bitcoin isn't exactly stable. And me being a Bitcoiner, you know what I did. I said, excuse me, kind sir. Um, You can go directly from Bitcoin to whatever currency you wish, uh, whatever major currency. And nevertheless, Bitcoin's volatility is decreasing exponentially, which it is. Am I right or am I wrong on that? Correct. I don't know. I don't know the numbers to It's decreasing exponentially. Go go look at it. It is. Okay. as a whole, on average, I guess it's decreasing exponentially. So, and then the person who was complaining the most and the loudest, uh, she says, I wouldn't be able to be paid in Bitcoin since the rates are so volatile and there's a fee to convert to US dollars. And then somebody chimed in with Stripe being the de facto, which by the way, Stripe has it written into their platform already that you can accept Bitcoin through it. Me, but anyways, so then I respond back to her. I said, uh, there are also fees associated with PayPal, and comparatively, the fee to go from Bitcoin to dollars is less. And then she said, I don't pay any fees transferring funds from PayPal to my bank account. 
Um, and then somebody else chimed in from left field and he says, yeah, but that depends on what bank you have among other things. And then, so I said, well, do you live in the States? And she said, I do. And then the old guy who chimes in with Bitcoin sucks comes back and he says, yeah, no PayPal fee for me, just inconvenience and transferring. I would not care. I don't want to deal with the greater inconvenience of Bitcoin though. And so then I was like, greater inconvenience. So I said, you can hold Bitcoin through Coinbase and you can also instantly transfer it to a USD wallet escaping volatility. And they often offer a debit card service as well. The hassle with Bitcoin is non-existent if you live in the States. And the only difference is you'll get paid on time because that is the only difference, guys. And right or am I wrong? Well, I don't know. It doesn't seem like you've offered up the idea that you can you can offer Bitcoin as an option to get paid. And if they want to stick with not getting paid or, you know, maybe not getting paid, then they can stick with their old traditional ways. And if if you want, you can choose to be paid in Bitcoin, which is just easier, especially for the company. The company, they know they send out the money and that the people got the money. And then it's really easy to just convert that money directly into whatever currency you want and then extract it to your bank account for the same amount of fees it takes to get to your rate to get from paypal but so this payroll issue has been an issue and it's not just like it's not not people people not getting paid it's people not getting paid people getting paid too much people getting paid uh, too little people getting paid in chunks like it's just all around sucky so if bitwage if i think his name is philip from bitwage if you're listening randomly you might want to reach out to companies like Check Tutors and offer up your services, but nevertheless, the story goes on. So after I said the hassle's non-existent, I said Bitcoin's terribly convenient nowadays. Just got to talk to someone like myself that knows what we're doing. And then he comes back, uh, thinks he's throwing me a curveball, but little does he know, I take curveballs off the plate. He said, uh, I'm glad you know uh, what you're doing, but the rest of us don't want to bother. So I said, interesting, I run a media outlet of sorts, and would you mind telling me why you don't want to bother? He said, once again, I don't want the burden. Uh, I hate dealing with money to begin with. The fewer operations that are required, the happier I am overall. So if you're listening and you're a Bitcoiner, that seems to be our hurdle to mass adoption, as people seem to think using Bitcoin is difficult still. And if you are in the UK or the Eurozone or the US, it's monumentally easy. So you know what I you know what I heard from that? What? I'm a lazy bitch and I don't want to try. <laughs> like I don't want that dude tutoring me if 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 he can't handle receiving money for the work that he does. What do you mean it's not just inside my hand already when we're, we're working on the internet? It's like well, Grow the fuck up, man. It's it. I'm giving you options on how to make it easier for you and to get paid. And you're butthurt because all of your options aren't someone putting physical dollars in your hand because you're working on the internet. Well, grow up. Welcome to the modern age. It's PayPal is going to screw you. And if it, so, what happens is Bitcoin is really, really nice and convenient for the merchant. Uh, that's where most of the reason for using Bitcoin comes into is all of the all of the things that, that the merchant gets 
the advantages of a merchant as opposed to traditional services. So they don't pay all of the fees. They don't get chargebacks. They don't get their money taken from them. They don't get PayPal doesn't just revoke their ability to use the service. Like Bitcoin doesn't do all of these things. And so, and when it comes to being the receiver of money, it's no less difficult now, especially in the States to receive Bitcoin and get it into your bank account as it is to sign up with PayPal, get all that shit done, and then get that money into your bank account. You're not saving mm-hmm. money doing one, like doing PayPal. You're not. It's just you're using a service that you're familiar with, which is entering your credit card information, mm-hmm. waiting to be accepted, having someone send you money, and then sending it to your bank account. You're spot on with that analysis too, Corey, because I've been that lazy bitch before. Cello, remember what was it, three years ago I finally got a PayPal account? I remember that. Yeah. And you were like, uh, what did you say? You were like, we'll just do it through PayPal. And what did I say? I was like, no, I don't want the hassle. I was being a lazy bitch. It literally took me five minutes out of my oh-so-busy life to go and set up a PayPal account so it would be easier for us to transfer funds. I've been using PayPal since I was like nine. And you were like, I don't want the hassle. And I was like, you're 28 years old. <laughs> get your shit together. I mean, what's, what's to keep you from saying, one, stop being, stop being so goddamn lazy. You're working on the internet and your company's trying to pay you consistently. We're giving them options to make it easier for them to pay you consistently. And you signing up for this service doesn't take any more difficulty than what it is to sign up for PayPal. Yeah. That's and probably what, what I'm going to hit them back on. In, in the end, you may end up finding the services of Bitcoin much more convenient than PayPal. Yeah. And in the end, you may also find that your Bitcoin's growth over time is wicked awesome. And you actually end up getting paid a little bit more when it comes to purchasing power. Well, but we're not going to go into that. Well, for, we have a little bit of time left. You talked about your overall, like you, you, you started, we started with lawnmower from the start. Mm-hmm. And you were talking to us the other day about looking at the overall change of how you, how your investment with lawnmower has been. 105% growth. Since you started. Since Lawnmower started. They started. I started with them almost the first week Lawnmower was there. I've been keeping my spare change in Bitcoin uh, since they changed the update, but I even still initiated a reoccurring purchase every week, and my growth is 105%. That's weird. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. Yes. Yes, that's true. In fact, the amount of money that you put into it has doubled. Just yes, because of it has. just because of the way Bitcoin has worked. Just because it has of nothing how... to do with as an investment. So, yeah. did you have done that with PayPal? No, you couldn't have done that with PayPal because your money doesn't grow; it only shrinks because it's inflationary fiat bullshit. Bullshit. I like Bitcoin how... goes up, fiat goes down. That's pretty much how it works. Given mass adoption occurs, it's really easy math. If Bitcoin is massively adopted. The money grows in value. Pimps Why? up, hose down. Pimps up, hose down. It's that easy. <laughs> I want a politician to say that. Trump's pretty close, but I want a politician to say that. Listen no, here. Don't say that like that because we get people like Trump. So yeah, I, I want I want Obama to say that. I want a, like a, a politician that's not Donald Trump, like someone who is you know highly educated and not a fucking trash human being. Yeah, get this. Listen to how sensationalist our society is. There's already an Obama biopic. 
what is that? Oh yeah, it's about the, the first about, date. Yeah, it's about their dating. It's about Obama and Michelle, uh, Barack and Michelle's uh, dating and how they met and all that. Which no one, so, I don't, I can't imagine anyone caring. Uh, a lot care. of people are going to care, but it never the. The fact of the matter is, how are we going to make a biopic about a dude who literally just came on the history scene? Like, he's only been on the history scene a decade. Like, can't we give us some time? Like, we just had a Hank Aaron biopic, and that was, like, back in, what, the 50s, 40s. Yeah, we're just now getting a Miles Davis, Don Cheadle. Yeah, like, give it time for history to show that he was a bowler before you make a movie about him. I don't know. That got off track. Bitcoin's what we're supposed to be talking about. Um, and are we done talking about it? Yep. Yeah. Um, next week is, uh, or tomorrow actually, is the start of the second annual Blockchain Technology Summit consensus. Um, so we will, next week we'll recap if there's any highlights. And then we're going to invite one of the attendees, Mr. Frank Schul who's the CEO of Safefellow, and we'll talk to him. Yep. So I think, I think Marcello has a slight man crush on Mr. Frank. I did until Dimitri said he had ramen noodle hair, and now it's now. <laughs> Can I ruin it for you? Were you, were you dreaming? So Justin Timberlake, and I got, a, I got a man crush on him. You know when it's like, oh, you take away his, his eyes and his, his suave hair and his muscles, what are you left with? And that's what Dimitri did to me. He ripped all the good qualities of Frank out and now You know, I picture not- you just like when you're when you're making the thumbnails and doing all the stuff for the show to make it look real pretty, is that a good maybe thirty percent of it is just you staring into our guests' pictures and just daydreaming. Yeah, my screensaver popped up three times due to inactivity because I was just staring at it. <laughs> <laughs> was that one song playing, the 80s song? Like, I want to know what love is. <laughs> I want you to slow zoom into his eyes. <laughs> so that anyway. was my Friday evening. Oh, well. We got a... We got to wrap this up. Guys, thanks for joining us again for another awesome week of this show that is getting more and more awesome. Tell your friends about us. If they don't like Bitcoin, punch them in the stomach and then make them listen to us. So you- Maybe they'll like us and yeah. then they'll like Bitcoin. They'll like Bitcoin yeah. by association. We're pretty commit a hate guys. crime. Yeah, commit a hate crime. What? <laughs> where, where does that even come from? It's so random. You said you punch a friend. Commit a hate crime. Commit a hate crime. Oh, yeah. Uh, what else? So we're on iTunes. Listen to us. Give us five stars. We we're gonna keep trying to give you the consistent five star content. If you give us the five star rating, once again, if you even think about leaving a four star rating, we'll find you and commit a hate crime. And commit a hate crime. Even if we don't hate you, we'll go out of our way to commit a hate crime. We'll find something about you to hate and then commit a crime towards you. Um. We just got on Google Play. Shout out to Google. Um, is it Larry Silver? Is that his name? Anyways, uh, what else did we do? TheBitcoinPodcast.com. Of course, that's the website. Uh, shout out to Marcello, who builds it and maintains it. Uh, good Ooh. job, man. Uh, we get lots of compliments on the website. So, go to it. Eat a dick, Squarespace. Yeah. <laughs> I build it myself. 
Yeah, Squarespace, you're making everything look the same on the internet. You're turning the internet into everything looking the same. I got nothing. <laughs> um, what else do we do? iTunes, Stitcher. iTunes, Stitcher. Just anywhere you want. Medium, we have a blog, uh, which I haven't contributed to in quite some time. I have some new blogs ready to go, though. Uh, I forgot to mention it, y'all. They're in there. I guess I could post them my damn self. Yeah, um, and if you want to account, blast them yourself. Yeah, and if you want to talk to us and hang out with us, uh, request an invite to our Slack. Yeah, request an invite to our Slack. Uh, use the contact thing to contact us, and uh, you can come into our Slack and see how we get down. It's real. We send a lot of gifts. Um, we talk about Bitcoin most of the time. Sometimes we talk about MMA, or they talk about MMA. I act like I know what I'm talking about. Um, it's up on Twitter for that too if you want it's easier yeah we love Twitter now we're all up on the Twitter um, by the way buy some Twitter stock it's really low right now it'll go up in the next 10 years you're welcome for that um, yeah I guess play the outro